Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Clever Girl Finance. Today I am really excited to share another incredible guest with you guys. Her name is Ariel Belgraves. She's a health and fitness coach and the founder and CEO of Jim Hookie. And Ariel, or Ari as I'm going to call her, is going to be talking with me all about how she quit her job, her full-time job during the pandemic to run her business full-time and talk through the journey and the experience and how she is now managing her incredible success. So, hey, Ari. Hello. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thanks for being here. First of all, I have to have you introduce yourself to everyone. Tell us who you are and more details about what you do. Yeah. So, hey everyone, uh, my name is um, Ariel Belgrave or Ari. Uh, I'm based in Oakland, California, originally from the East Coast, though, grew up in Boston. And I like to say I am the Jane of many trades within the health and wellness space. So, firstly, I'm the founder of Jim Hookie, a brand I started almost six years ago. It hit six years, January 1st, um, to help women chase their dreams in a healthy body. So, for me, I believe that the future is female. And I also believe that we can't be the future if we're not taking care of our bodies. So uh, I actually created my own method, the lean method to really focus on helping busy women um, really take care and prioritize their, their health goals in a way that works for them. Um, so that I am able to do through a group coaching program and on a little more about me, I am also a fitness trainer. So I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Tone It Up. It is one of the largest online wellness communities for women. So I'm a trainer there, as well as an Under Armour athlete. Uh, that's like a hybrid of being a model, um, representing the brand, being a trainer and all those good things. So definitely dabbling in a lot of places. <laughs> that is so amazing. So I wanna jump into your story and you had a full-time job, right? Uh, you were running your business as a side hustle on, you made the decision to quit your job in the middle of the pandemic, actually at the beginning of the pandemic with so much more unknown to pursue your business full-time. What was the thought process behind this? How did you come to this decision? Um, and how did you give yourself the confidence to actually say, you know what, I'm going to do this, especially at a time where everybody's like, okay, I need to focus on job security. I need to make sure I don't lose my job. You are quitting your job. So I want to know more about that decision process. <laughs> yeah. So this is, I love this question because it's definitely, it was more unplanned for me. And this is for anyone who knows me, the fact that I'm even saying this sentence is a big deal because I am a Capricorn at heart, very structured, calculated risk taker. Um, so to be honest, um, so I was working in tech at Facebook. Um, my background is within the HR space, focusing on like employee engagement, building community. And I actually thought that I was gonna continue to be working full-time maybe two to three years. And the last year I would say played a big part in what I decided when I decided to make that leap. So I would say it was a lot of self-discovery um, for me and I think it started with me learning the difference between being excited about the work I'm doing and being deeply fulfilled. So while I really loved my job at Facebook, um, no doubt about it, there was this like gut feeling of unfulfillment. And I knew that I was getting fulfilled by the gym hooky. 
So having that, and granted, um, as you mentioned earlier, I was side hustling for almost for five years. <laughs> so I was kind of filling any void, I guess, that I may not have gotten in my full time by really tapping into the fitness side, which I really love. And last year, there was a lot of burnout. Um, I was working and it wasn't burnout from Jim Hookie. It was from working full time. So I was always busy, was working around the clock. And October of last year, I actually attended um, an event pays to be brave. And it was so random for me because I'm like, you know, something like it landed, this invite landed in my inbox. And I'm like, I don't, how did I even find this? But I was like, you know what? I don't know anyone. I'm just going to go. And it was in San Diego. So it wasn't too far. Um, for where I am. And I'm like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. And the, just the theme of pays to be brave, it was about around other entrepreneur women. So I was like, you know, let's do it. That experience was a game changer for me. So it was just really dope to be around other women, some of many of which who were in the wellness space already doing their thing. So they weren't half in, half out like I was. They were, they were just trying to figure out how to grow their business. And sitting in on these conversations and all that, I'm like, I can do this. Like I can absolutely do this. And while I knew that I, I like to structure things. I'm like, that was my first inclination. Like, man, if they can do it, I can do it too. Um, then I went to Ghana in December and that was like my YOLO time. I'm like, you know, I can live this life freely. <laughs> Lots of self-discovery. Um, so fast forward to this year, um, I started to go to therapy because I wanted to make sure I had this gut, like, that I was ready to leave, but I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just an emotional decision that I was making. So I ended up um, going to therapy, realizing that I wasn't burnout, went to another event in, in, um, in January. And this is how I knew I was ready, ready, like really ready, ready, because I dropped an investment in order to be able to build my program. So this was a summit in Atlanta, again, knew no one, don't know how it landed in my inbox. I'm a true believer that God has his ways of just showing up <laughs> in ways that may not make sense to us. And I ended up going to this event. It was a similar audience, women, entrepreneurs on their grind. I was uh, the minority in more ways than one, um, but also being half in, half out. And I ended up dropping some cash to invest in my business. And that was the moment I knew that I was ready. When I had called my husband, I was like, guess what I just did? He was like, wow, you must be ready because you're cheap. <laughs> um, so I ended up doing that. And that was like the game changer for me. And I knew for me, I'm like, okay, if I just invested this much, there's no way I can work at the same time. And, and like, I, I need, I need to make this happen. I was already in a place where I had to say no to some really amazing opportunities because I was working full time. So I'm like, yeah, it's time. So February, I gave my notice to Facebook. I gave one month notice. This was before COVID. Little did like, you know. <laughs> girl, this was before, I had no, like, yes, it was overseas, but it wasn't anywhere near the US. So gave one month notice. It just so happens that my last day at Facebook, and I mean, same day, there was no one to two day difference. The last day of Facebook was my, was the first day of quarantine in the Bay Area. And girl, if there was any like sign <laughs> that it was my time, that was it. That was absolutely it. So that was like my, my longer story on, on the thought process. But that's really awesome. And you talk about being this structured person, but I do see structure in how you planned out quitting, even though to you, it's a bit more random because maybe it's not as structured as you would like, because you went to two events, you invested in something to help you grow your business. You went to therapy to confirm how you were feeling <laughs> before making the decision. That is structure, girl. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Which is why I always say, I describe it as calculated risk-taking because while I would love to get credit of being someone who just like, doesn't think about something and just jumps it was still, I think, structure in a sense of like years out. Like I, was, I thought there was like two more years, but yeah, you're right. There was definitely like a very thoughtful process and it did put me at ease. And I also had already planned, like I had money saved and all these things and I'm also married. So having that plan BC, okay, okay, I plan, I plan, I guess I plan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's never easy to quit your job, you know, 
what's most obvious is that this is half of your household income that goes mm -hmm. with that job, that consistent paycheck. These are, it is potential benefits, right? Depending on who is covering the insurance. Um, and uh, regardless though, it's still fortunate for you to be able to quit a job having, you know, someone else in the home working, which was the same for me. Um, and it was helpful, but I went through many mental battles and struggles um, in terms of, quitting my job to pursue my business full time. And it took me a really, really long time. I talked, I talked to one of my close friends all the time about it and we would set a date to do it and just, I would never do it. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I can kind of relate to that. And, you know, I also have to recognize the folks who are in that position where, well, they want to quit their job, but they don't have the luxury of that second income. Um, second household income to fall back on. But I think that this, there's still the opportunity to do that. It's still possible with strategic financial planning, putting money aside to cover your core expenses, which is what I did to make sure I could meet my portion of my household obli um, financial obligations as well. And I'm sure you did that as well. And so kind of leading into this topic around finances, um, given the fact that you were losing this big chunk of your household income, you're taking this risk, um, pursuing your business full time, what were some of the things you did to prepare given that you were thinking about it with this unstructured yet structured planning? <laughs> what were some of the things that you did to prepare financially? Um, what did you do to give yourself the confidence to launch full-time? And what, which of those things has been most impactful to you growing your business right now and you know, replacing that income? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say being self-aware of who you are and what may bring you discomfort, um, because I knew for me, there was this fear of being broke. Like I'm a first generation college student. I like am ultimately the trailblazer in my family. So there is this weight on my shoulders of being able to support my family, whether it's, if it's not now, it's like in the longer run. So knowing that I need a plan for that and how can I do that with having this gap in possibly gap in salary, not knowing how things will work out for this year. Um, so for me, the planning piece was huge, uh, even way, but like, although I may not have planned to, to jump ship until two, three years, I am a saver to the max. So I, <laughs> woo girl, but, but you know, I had to learn though, because I'm definitely that person who like, I'm like, save, save, save. And it's just nice to see the numbers in the bank account. And I'm like, okay, cool. But it's also trying to use that money in other ways too. So like investing in smart stock options and things like that. So I do, I, I made some wise decisions. Whew, thank you. <laughs> thank I love you, that. goodness. Um, stock decisions. There's a 401k. My, my husband and I actually have a financial advisor who we've had for four years. So when, even when we got married, it was like, okay, we're starting from scratch. We're, we're going to um, work on building and growing together. And we actually were more prepared for it because we've been planning for what that life of freedom we classify it as can look like um, for us. And actually within the last, the year before myself, my husband took time off. So we ultimately swapped places where he had taken time off to like for self-discovery while he's not, he wasn't doing a business for him. It was literally about figuring out what he wanted to do next, but we was able to afford that on, on my single salary. So I would say definitely um, making sure ducks were in a row on the financial side, knowing yourself and knowing what will make you nervous, anxious, depressed, any of that, and seeing how you can kind of address that in advance, or at least try to avoid those feelings from happening. Um, the other was investing. So I mentioned I invested in myself and that was a big one. It's like, okay, how serious are you to make this happen? Because I think if I would have jumped ship and just been like, okay, what do we have going on? It, may, it wouldn't have been the same. Like I actually went from one thing to the other where it's like, okay, you're excited. You're going to make this happen. And I, I know myself to know that I'm not going to invest that amount of money and just let it sit there. That's not, mm -mm, not this girl right here. <laughs> so I would say that, um, that those were the two main things. So like financial preparation and then investing in my business um, upfront. And what has been the most impactful? I mean, I would say it's equal. It's pretty equal. Um, but definitely the investing in my business, I was able to learn, it was more than just building a product. For me, I learned a lot about, uh, I, I had to, to battle perfectionism. I had to know that it's okay to put things out in the world without it being like simply perfect or what I envisioned it to be upfront. Um, so it was more than just like creating a product. I, there was a lot of like self, <laughs> self discovery and like just getting things in check in that way. 
I love that. I love that you saved, which is really important, right? Business, it's stressful enough. It's, it's worrisome enough. It's their overwhelming days. And on top of all the other business things you're dealing with, how do I grow? How do I attract the audience? How do I expand my product? This, that, this, that. The last thing you want to have to stress you out is just how am I going to pay my bills because of my business rate? And if you are able to save before you quit your job, that can make all the difference in just your emotional well-being and help you focus more so on your business than if you were focusing on this business and also focusing on, oh my God, how am I going to pay rent or pay my mortgage next month? And so for me, you know, saving money, putting money aside for my business was really important um, for the financial reason. Also, because I just didn't want to be a burden. I didn't want my decision mm -hmm. to be the cause of conflict in my household. Yeah. There's many factors at time. I wanted to be able to buy what I wanted to buy without having to be like, oh my God, I have this business. I can't do my hair, please. That part, that part. So, you know, there's one thing I want to mention because this is something that I became more aware of uh, when I was living in New York. So it was this concept of lifestyle creep. And what oftentimes happens, right? When you're just, when you think about how much you made right out of college, versus how much you make now, really think about how much you've decided to pay more for things like rent, like more expensive food. I get it, it's, it's, it's more expensive to eat healthier, but are you eating out more or your, or your choices? So lifestyle creep is an absolute thing. And that's something my husband and I had become a lot, a, a very aware of early on because we realized it was a thing. The more money you make, the more you're willing yep. to invest in things. And at that point you have to question, is this a need or a want? So for us, our, we're not living, while it's okay, hey, not knocking anyone who lives in like luxury buildings or any of that, but we feel like we've been able to, uh, we've been able to live comfortably for us, defining what happiness looks like. And it's not necessarily having like luxury buildings, at least in this stage, it's like, oh, like having the basic essentials, like being in a neighborhood where we feel like we can go out and be and, and, and feel the community vibes and all these things. And we've been pretty frugal with where we live. We've been very happy but we've been very frugal. And that's something that's really allowed us to save in general. So when I think about him taking his time off last year and now me using this time to build my business, all that played a part because we were being very smart in what we were, we were, what we were investing in. Yeah, and that's what has allowed you to quit your job, allowed him to take the year off for both of you to live off of the one income. Um, that's really smart. And you also talked about investing in your business. Um, and that's also can be, that also can be the, uh, what's the word, the the point or the leaping point for someone because you may hesitate hesitate so much on, on doing something for your business, taking that next big step. But when you think about how much money you just invested in the business, either through education, certifications, whatever that investment is, that can compel you to, you know what, I got to get off my butt and do this because I cannot waste that money knowing how hard I work for it. So I like that approach as well. Um, and the fact that both of those decisions helped has have helped to contribute to your business growth so far. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit and just talk about your business today and how are you monetizing, right? So you gave up this income, but now that you are a full-time business owner, this is all on you. You have to figure out how to make money, right? And <laughs> the challenge with the people in business is how do I make money to not just pay the bills, to not just break even, but to be profitable, right? And leverage those profits to pursue your other goals, like saving, investing, living a good life, building generational wealth, helping your family, like you said, et cetera. So how do you monetize your business today? And how did you get to the point of figuring out how to monetize adequately? I know that obviously this is a journey, but given just if you, if you can speak to it in terms of where you are right now. Yeah. So I love to speak about this, even specifically for the wellness space, because I think oftentimes wellness professionals put themselves in a bucket of like, I'm a nutritionist, that's it. I'm a, a, fit, a trainer, that's it. When there are different realms that you can try to get in. And I think the, I'll, I will say this before I, before I answer the question, the best decision I made, A, was building a brand of consistency. So before, they say you have to humanize before you monetize. And for me, it's like, how are you building a community? How are you building trust with your audience? And the best thing that I did was make sure I invested in that in these last five years. So when it came to make that transition, while it was already happening, it really happened once I decided to make that leap. Um, so 
while I was working full-time, I was getting paid, but it, it didn't look like the way it's looking like now. Now, what my income looks like now, <laughs> one, um, there's the health coaching side of things. So one of my, when I was working full-time, I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. And some of the learning I, some of the things I learned is that I just needed to scale myself. Like there was like a wait list of people, of women who wanted to be able to work with me. And I'm like, okay, well, creating a community is something that I, I'm really good at and I value. So I'm going to turn this into a group coaching experience. So now I have my group coaching 28 day program um, that I do uh, four to five times a year. Um, I have corporate partnerships and I'll say this, the corporate partnerships was something that was definitely started as the lowest hanging fruit. And I, um, because I built my brand around home workouts, the moment COVID hit, it made sense. It made sense. So what I found was there was a lot of companies reaching out to me directly. We're like, oh, like we, we're, you know, we're, we'd love to do, um, love you for you to do something for our offsite. We'd love for you to do a virtual fitness class for our, uh, our business resource groups or for the women. And I was such a reactive state. I had to get my stuff together real fast. Like, okay, what services am I providing? Because that wasn't something I was fully ready for. So I would say that ended up being an additional income through me having built a brand that aligned with what people needed at the time. So again, one, there was, there's a health coaching. Two, there's a corporate. The third is influencer brand partnerships. So I am an influencer on, on the gram. Um, and that was something I built over time. It just didn't happen overnight. So now I'm able to really partner with these really large brands and get paid really well to do it. Now, for me, um, there are a couple of things. I know a lot of people may even ask about the influence. Like, how do you get, how is that a stream of income? And the reality is that doesn't happen overnight. You really have to know who you are as a brand and lean into that. Um, so that for me, I have a lot of people who are tapping me. They know I focus on women's wellness. They know that I focus on helping corporate professionals really take care of themselves while they're chasing their dreams and all these things. So there's that. And then the last one, what I'm like thinking, oh, the last two. So I'm also an Under Armour athlete. Um, that is like a side separate partnership. I am on, on salary with Under Armour. So that's like a hybrid of being a model, um, being an athlete, showing up in ways that's good for them. So if you've ever been to a, a cold or Under Armour store, you may have seen a familiar face. <laughs> And then finally, there's Tone It Up, um, where I am on a, a trainer there. So with even with these streams, I had to also be think very strategically on how I wanted to show up for other brands and then myself. So I've actually cut down on teaching my own individual classes and now focus on mainly teaching Tone It Up classes, for example, because that is something that's a larger audience. I can also send my people there and they can meet me there. So it's just thinking how I can really like put my energy <laughs> in so many different places. So I love that you're, you shared your, your different income streams and I love that you have multiple streams of income. So you have what you do through your own business, you have the corporate partnerships and then you have your other hustles on the basis of how, of you building your brand, being an influencer, the Under Armour contract, and then the Tone It Up training. And I think that's so important. That's something that I think a lot of business owners' eyes are opened up to with the craziness of this year. Um, I have to have multiple streams of income. It's something that I definitely started to um, expand more so this year of how can I add on additional income streams to this business. And I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, I love what you said about building community first, um, building an audience first, building trust and the relationships, because, you know, anyone can create an incredible product, right? There's no lack of talent when it comes to creating an incredible product or service or, you know, whatever it might be. But when you've created that thing, who is going to buy it? Who are you going to sell it to? That's something that's so important. If you have built the community, you've built an audience or you're working towards it, as you create the products, as you evolve the services, then you have people to present them to who will potentially convert into customers. Um, and the one thing I wanted to just, you know, kind of highlight was also the fact that your business was perfect for this season, right? And there are people that unfortunately their business um, was just couldn't work, right? I have friends who their businesses had to close. I know people who couldn't physically go to work because their kids were at home as, as a result of lockdown and they had to stay home. And I would, you know, what I've been saying is that 
even though something is not working out right now, does not mean that you cannot be successful. What can you do to pivot? What can you do to evolve? What can you do to start over? And I'm very inspired from the 2008-2009 recession and reading an article or a few articles actually that during that season, um, it evolved the highest number of millionaires during a specific window of time compared to any other normal season in the US. Um, Because when things got tough, people got out of their comfort zones and they started to figure out how to do things differently. So if you're watching this, you're like, okay, Ari's talking about, she had the perfect business for the pandemic and I was doing something that was not so perfect for this pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I can't relate. Um, Don't tune out, right? Figure out how to pivot, to evolve, to start over. There's no shame in starting over. There's no shame in, you know, just assessing what has happened and figuring out how to do things differently. Because at the end of the day, um, it's important that you you don't give up on what you want to pursue. So I just wanted to say that. I'm sure, Ari, you want to add to that. Yeah. So I am literally all chairs around because I, while my, especially in the wellness space, right? The wellness, like I have friends who, you know, are working for like the equinoxes, the soul cycles, like they're attached to a brand. And what I definitely saw on the wellness side of things is, once the pandemic started and these um, these like the gyms and all that closed down, people were stuck. They were like, okay, well, I didn't really invest any time with like letting people know I'm, I'm a trainer on like Instagram or all that stuff. So they had to start in the beginning and that is not a bad thing. I actually think that the discomfort has is actually allowing for a lot of growth. And while that growth may not look monet- like look in dollars in your bank account, it's still growth as yourself for yourself and that that you have to start. So as I said earlier, before I actually started monetizing, it was about understanding who I was to be able to show up for the audience I wanted to serve. And that's not something that happens overnight. So I know that like, I, I know for myself, I'm definitely a, like a highly achiever, high achiever, wanna be successful in all these things, but we definitely can't discount the work that you are you, you're doing in this season for yourself. And please know that there are things that people see there are things that people don't see, right? There are things you don't see for those people who are super successful. The Instagram grid is not a full representation on what's happening the back end of these people's businesses. The numbers that people are sharing, like I made a million dollars in revenue, there may be a little more that you need to know. Like, you know, are they spending $900,000 in ads? Like how much are they actually making? I'm not trying to knock anyone, but I'm just saying that like, I mean, continue to be encouraged because what you see on the outside may not be the full story for these businesses businesses who are thriving during this time. Yeah, I, I agree um, wholeheartedly with that. And, you know, you don't see the struggle. I've cried many times this year. I've been overwhelmed many times this year being <laughs> mom, teacher, cleaner, nanny, <laughs> laundry woman to my kids in quarantine, running my business, trying to do meetings, driving myself crazy. It's, it's rough. And, you know, I, I just want to encourage everyone that, again, we've talked about this earlier on, you know, as we've been talking is if you're able to start saving, whatever you put aside is important. It can be helpful, especially if seasons change. And as we go into this next year with a vaccine and looking towards economic recovery, we're still going to see, you know, I feel like we're still going to navigate a lot of economic impact fallout from this, even as we try to navigate recovery. So saving money, be mindful of lifestyle creep, not being ashamed to start over or pivot in your business or evolve or do things differently or take on new opportunities. Like you talked about the corporate partnerships and you know how you evolve that into something big for your business. And even me as a business owner, there were, there were opportunities. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do them. And now I'm like, you know what, girl, I'm going to explore those opportunities because that's yeah. another additional stream of income. And that makes sense, right? Money makes sense. So <laughs> this is really that girl, don't it? <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> so, you know, just talking about, so talking about what you said, multiple streams of income, talking about um, um, what we've been talking about, you have to have fa- faced some fears yes. as you um, went through all this. I mean, you're speaking really excited. Um, you're super confident about, <laughs> but behind the scenes, so the things we don't see on the ground, There had to have been some fears. There had to have been some challenges. There had to have been some overwhelm. 
And if you don't mind, I'd love for you to share that, not to say, oh, yes, Ari is overwhelmed, but more so to encourage um, other anyone listening who is going through that right now, right? Um, you know, like we both have. Yeah. And I'm an open book. I have very, I have, I am willing to share, trust and believe. I want people to know <laughs> what, what, what the heck is happening. Um, so I had mentioned, I had referenced this earlier where kind of my, my pre-work was like taking the time to go to therapy. And that was something that while it may seem like, oh, woo-woo therapy, it actually gave me that first bit of, it was that first step towards peeling back the onion on fears that I would have definitely had during this time, right? So it was like this fear of not making money. And what I learned from myself was I have this mindset of scarcity. I was literally operating out of fear. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do this because like, you know, what if it was like more of like the negative, like, well, if I fail then, as opposed to like, oh no, I'm going to make this happen. So it was changing that switch from like scarcity to abundance. And I am not someone who like was about the woo-woos on mindset, but it really was the biggest game changer for me. It's like, okay, what, what things am I telling myself now? Like what fears do I have now? And all those fears, A, those fears all have a story. You have to, you, you gotta address it head on. It's not something that you can suppress. Oftentimes they say it's your relation, in your relationships, in growing a business, in, you know, just navigating life is when things from like childhood or things from the past surface. And they surface in ways that you may not realize. You may be triggered by something and not realize why because it has a story. So for myself, definitely that just operating out of fear, I, like the fear of failure was a big thing for me. And again, like being a first generation college student, there's this weight. And I feel like when I think about some of the opportunities I took on this year, the corporate, I probably wouldn't, I'd be like, nope, that's not in my plan. Like I'm yeah. not, that's, <laughs> that's going to take me off track. That's what, if, that would have been the RE a year ago. Absolutely. The when that opportunity came, I was like, hmm, that was exactly what you said. Like, I gotta, I should explore this. This is another. This sounds kind of good. This money. This money thing right now. <laughs> yes. So, so it started, it starts there. And I know this is like a high level thing, but like the way you can work on your mindset and how you are just ready to tackle your business, it, it, it varies for everyone. For me, it started with therapy. For me, it was understanding, peeling back the onion on things that were, uh, were holding me back. Um, the other fear is like just imposter syndrome, right? You're in this space that may be saturated. And I think that applies. Like you're in the financial space. Technically that's saturated fitness, saturate, whatever space you probably you're listening to and you're, it's saturated, but I needed to get out of that mindset that like, I couldn't bring something to the table that wasn't unique to me. So I literally went through an exercise like, okay, what's your secret sauce? Like I have a friend who really focuses on, on like personal development, all these things. And my mindset was less of worrying about what other people did and not, and more of like what I could bring to the table. And that helped me a lot. So even for me, I niche down. So it's like, okay, you're focusing on women. You're focusing on women who are like hustling all these things. And that helped eliminate the fear or the imposter syndrome I was feeling because I'm like, you know what? Yeah, like I built a community. I built trust. I can do this. I can do this. Um, the other fear I think, which many would have is just, am I gonna make money? Like are people, am I val like, am I valuable? Right, Does like anyone care gonna, about this story? thing? Hmm? Does anyone care about this business? Does anyone care about this? But are they gonna pay me? And I went through a phase of like really like bola understanding my worth, and I'm very grateful that I have amazing friends who are just like, uh, uh, nope, you gotta charge more. Because for me, it was like, oh well, I was that person, and this was this year, right? Now I'm like feeling like I'm on a high. But just like seven, eight months ago, I was that person who's, uh, I would give a price and be like, oh, sorry, that's too high. And I'm like, okay, well, how about I bring it down to this? Like I was bringing, yes, I know. Everyone who knew me was like, girl, that's not you. Why are you doing that? Like that is their loss, move on. And I needed to understand how it was, how it, uh, it worked for other people. So if you even have fears, like connect with people, like when it comes to like your value or people paying you and what you deserve, connect with people who are in your space. I, I don't think we, we commune enough as entrepreneurs and share numbers and all that, but I've been grateful to be in environments where people are willing to share. They're willing to, to tell me how some of their pitching worked and all these things and pay people for their time. Just understand that like, just picking people's brain is not it. If, if it's a friend who is bringing, who, whose business is to, who who's a, uh, does legal, 
support them by picking their brain and paying them because everyone is in a different place where they need to get money during this pandemic. So I would say like making sure you're seeking out advice and learning, and that can help you kind of eliminate some of those fears about, about that space. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate. I have experienced a lot, if not all the fears you talk about. Um, and it can be a challenge that I've had to dig deep within myself myself personally to get over some fears, the imposter fear, the who am I to do this? Does anybody care fear? There's all these fears, the, the, the lack fear, like I can never make money in my business. There's all these different fears that we have to challenge ourselves um, against or counter when they come up. And it's, it's, it's like you said, digging back and figuring out what is the story behind that fear. And sometimes it takes time to unravel, right? For you to process, go through the process. And so if you need the help of a therapist to do that, do that. There is no shame in getting help from a therapist, getting help from a friend, from another entrepreneur. Um, we are in this world where we have to look like we're succeeding all on our own and everything is just happening magically all by ourselves, but it's a, that's a burden, right? Entrepreneurship is already so isolating because most people around you in your everyday world are not pursuing it for the most part for many people. Most people don't understand why you would quit your full-time job at Facebook. <laughs> and you know what? There's one other thing I want to say that matters so much here. Because when we think about our fears, it may be, sometimes we may take on the fears of other people. So be very conscious of the people that you, you so have true. in your corner in different phases. Maybe your friends from high school aren't the ones that you want to be talking about your business with. And that's okay. That's, that's okay. But oftentimes people can project their fears onto you and that can hinder you from moving forward. Of course, people thought that I was crazy to leave Facebook, right? But I knew in my heart that it was the right thing to do. And now people saying they're like, dang, like, what? Do you wish you left earlier? Actually, I don't. I think the timing was perfect. I think God has his plan. But people matter. I, what helped me so much, Bola, was surrounding myself with people who would understand my journey. So while I was a side, in my side hustle phase, I had a side hustle crew. There are people who are working at these tech companies. We would meet, we would talk about uh, like some of the things we struggle with, some of our best practices. We were sharing, sharing, sharing. And what you realize in those conversations is you're not alone. There are things that you may think you are dealing with on your own. You're absolutely not. Someone else who's side hustling is dealing with it too. And then when you get into the business itself, not everyone's going to give you support that you want and you need it. Like entrepreneurship, is no easy feat. And you know what? Sometimes you may even need to have set boundaries with family members. Yes, they're a part of that too. They're the ones who are projecting fear onto you too. So you need to come to terms with that. <laughs> that is that is so true. People will kill your dream without realizing what they're doing because they're projecting themselves onto you. And that's why you have to remember that it's not always you. A lot of the time, most of the time, it's a them right? It has nothing to do with you. It's about their own experiences and their own fears. But because you're talking about this thing that they think is crazy, that maybe they haven't done, they can't see themselves doing, then they make it about you. And you start to think, oh my God, maybe that's really why I shouldn't do this. But half the time it has nothing to do with you. So I always tell people, protect your baby. Your business is your baby. Your ideas are your baby. When you're doing something big, like saving money, getting out of debt, that is your baby. Protect your baby from, you know, the, the crazies out there that, and I'm not, this is not a jab, but it's just, there's a lot of craziness out there that will convince you not to pursue your success. That's right. And that's, you know, it can be friends, it could be coworkers, it could be family members, it could be a random person on YouTube telling you that's crazy to ever want to accomplish that. Um, you want to protect, protect. That's so important. Yeah. And if you have to actively find more people, I think what's really helped is like me finding communities of other people. So like when I think about who's in my entrepreneur circle, like how it looks a little different from a year ago. Yes, it looks different, but like, I'm okay with that. It's not that I cut off the people who I've been friends with for a long time. It's just the things I choose to have conversations about. It's, it's just, it's a little bit different. And why? Because I want to make sure that I have all the positivity, all the positive vibes, all of the entrepreneur vibes, understanding vibes from people who, who are aligned with what I want to do. So. Yeah, I agree. Be mindful of who you share your goals with. You don't have to share it with everybody. I mean, there's people in my world, my life that don't even know what I do and I'm good with that. <laughs> you don't need to know. That way. <laughs> so yeah, she finance. Uh-huh. Yep. Right. I'm a teacher. Great. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Mommy by day. 
hilarious. <laughs> Cleaner by night's laundry door. That's great. Yes, that's what I do. Thank you. But anyway, um, shifting gears a little bit, I would love for you to talk about, you know, you're in this health space, health and wellness space. And right now, especially right now with the pandemic, a lot of emotional, mental stress related to its economic stress. Why is it so important for women to prioritize their well-being, especially right now? Yeah, so I would start off with saying that it has been hugely devastating to see the numbers of women who've had to leave the workforce this year that were just, were, can't like pursue their career while doing virtual homeschooling. It's too much. And the laundry, the, I know you can relate to this a thousand percent. Now I'm not a parent myself. It's been, I've been put my, I put myself more of in a place of supporting as much as I can, whether it be like my family, friends who may have kids. I've literally been like the auntie who are like, okay, like we're going to schedule like time virtually to color <laughs> to try to give parents a break. Um, so that has been hugely devastating. And I would say that I, I preface that with to say that there is an absolute need to, to find ways to take care of yourself, given the, how the state of the world or how much your life has changed. And I would start with saying like, just giving yourself grace because in no way was things designed for you to have to do all these things at once. Like for a woman who is thriving in her career, oftentimes you, you wanna try to get help. And because of COVID, things have been harder. Like you may not have be able to get a babysitter and so forth. So definitely give yourself grace. But I would definitely encourage women during this time to make sure they can dedicate time to even the smallest act of kindness. And I know it looks different for everyone. Some, some maybe even single parents would make it even more tough if you don't have another person to help you. But seeing if there's an opportunity for you to do you, even if it's 10 minutes, because the reality is you cannot pour from an empty cup. And this year has been stressful. What's going to happen is this stress, you're going to, it's going to, project onto like your kids, you may be more of become this angry person. So if it's just your mind that you need to get right, see if you can dedicate five minutes of meditation, see if you can do 10 minutes of exercise, see if you can make sure that you're hydrating and, and keeping, keeping your, uh, your, make sure you're drinking water and things like that. And while it may sound small, it's huge. Like it's all a part of self-care. So just making sure you're doing small acts of kindness for yourself. And you know, Ari, I have definitely struggled with all of that, you know, I'm fortunate in the sense that I can work from home. My team is remote, um, but I've had my kids at home. And while we were all quarantining, right, I, I was home alone with my kids because my husband was at work. My mom was at work. Everybody was working. And um, it's a worry about your family members that are out in the streets working in at the beginning of the, of the pandemic when we didn't even know a lot. Right. We just knew there was something crazy flying around outside that we can see. It's, you know, it's just being a teacher and I, I'm not equipped to teach. I don't, I didn't do early childhood education in college. I don't know the first thing about, let's talk about lesson plan. That was so incredibly overwhelming. And so finding time, which is still a challenge for me, um, but finding time for self-care, I think is incredibly important, especially um, for that mental burden. And I've also been very, I've been very intentional about supporting businesses that I know that are impacted by all of this, especially women um, led businesses. And so like, if there's opportunities for you to create some sort of exception to allow a woman-owned business to work during the pandemic, let's say you have someone who comes to clean your house, but she cannot come because she she has a baby, maybe she can bring her baby, right? Because nobody can watch the baby or, you know, just that's just a random example, but just how can you support somebody's business and give them the opportunity to work? Because people want to work, they want to work, uh, but sometimes other obligations, especially with this pandemic, um, are preventing them from being able to work. So if you can kind of find ways to make it work for them, or maybe somebody helps you, you know, remotely at your office or something. And if you're not there, then maybe they can bring their daughter with their laptop and they can do their homeschool while they're working for you, whatever the situation might be. I'm just making up examples, but I, I just want to encourage everyone to think about ways they can help a struggling business, especially if it's someone that you're connected with, or you have patronized their business a lot in the past. I love that so much. And that now my HR hat is on because it's like, how do you support working people like in general so it's one thing for it to be like business owners and then the other is like 
understanding that people who are working at these like larger corporations that it's not going to look like they're not going to be available every minute of the day, right? They 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 may have their children pop into their screen, like all that. That's normalized. Like if you if you aren't with that, then I don't know what to tell you. But yes, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I agree with even like supporting the businesses. Um, one of the things that um one of my friends did at it was earlier in the pandemic was kind of doing this challenge to still support if you can afford to, right? Because I know that everyone situation looking different. Um, but still supporting the people who you who would have been servicing you in some way if you can. So for example, like I'm someone who like get my nails done. Okay, is there any way that I can support even if and what I can afford, right? If I decide to do it two, three months, still supporting because I know that I would have went with them and knowing that the nail salons are, are struggling. Um, supporting black businesses. I'm just gonna leave it right there. Support black businesses. Thank you, please. <laughs> Yes, just, yeah. Just do it. <laughs> and I would even say that if you're a business owner and there's an opportunity that presents itself to you, um, ask if, if the opportunity is not working out for you because of a certain obligation, ask. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I said no to a lot of opportunities. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to ask. So there were some media opportunities that I, I had that I really wanted to do. And I was like, listen, I cannot do this live because I have young kids and there's no way that I can be on a live in the middle of the day with twins running wild. I don't think you want that. <laughs> but I could wake up at 5 a.m. and I can pre-record this with you. Is that an option? Right. And two out of the three times that I would bring up that request, they would say yes. Um, so that's just my example. Right. And there are many others, but don't be afraid to ask for an option so that you can actually work. That's right. And please know I'm, I'm a realist. Right. While there's plans for the vaccine next year, I think we should still plan for things to be the way they are now. So even as you're hearing these ideas, like use them for next year. Right. Like we're going to be in this state for a little bit. So really challenging anyone who's listening to um, step outside your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to ask, but get creative. Like, it's, again, it's a discomfort that's going to allow your, your business to grow. And there may, may, may be ideas that you have that you think it is crazy, but you really don't know how crazy it is until you ask because you might just get a yes. So definitely make sure that you're stepping outside of your comfort zone when it comes to your business. Thank you, Ari. So, you know, I have another question for you about um, entrepreneurs who are listening to this, who are thinking about pursuing their business full time, thinking about starting a business, but it's crazy. It's a pandemic. You know, there's lots of uncertainty. Um, you are running your business full time during uncertainty. You quit your job at the very beginning of a pandemic and have been navigating through, right? You didn't run back to Facebook and say, please, please give me my job back things are crazy. You just kept going. So what advice would you give to someone who is in the process of starting a business, thinking about leaving their job, um, et cetera? All right. This is a very expected answer for me. Make a plan. But I will say, make a plan and understand that you need to create room for flexibility for this plan. But know that the road is not going to be perfect. The things, um, the things that, but the things that you achieve in the longer run is going to be absolutely worth it but making a plan. And that really requires you to like sit down and think about what your goals are. Cause that's where it starts. Like what's your vision for your business? Okay, here's your vision. Then what goals would you like to accomplish to get you steps closer to that vision? Then you wanna break it down even more. Cause oftentimes we have these goals at the top. Like I wanna make a hundred K in my business. Cool. How are you gonna do that? You have to think of that goal as being like the destination and your GPS being those, those the action items that's gonna get you to that destination. So really be thoughtful about what things that you need to do and, and just create a buffer for what I like to say reality, knowing that things are tougher now. Set goals that are actually realistic, right? Like, no, I know it's not gonna be perfect, but like, don't say you're gonna make 100K in two months. Well, I mean, hey, maybe you may be able to, okay? But if you're starting from zero, knowing that there's gonna need, a, you're gonna to need to take time to build to that point, but making a plan will really help you stay focused because the reality is there's gonna be moments where you lose focus. There's gonna be days if you're a parent where you barely feel like you got work done, but if you're gonna focus on one thing per month to really uh, bring your business forward, you'll feel better about it. And then the other one is just remembering your why. So I actually, at my desk, like I actually, I have post-its of why I'm choosing to do what I do. 
because I know that that's going to be the, the, the fire that lights me up, even when things are looking like I should not do it anymore. <laughs> I, so, I yeah, agree. That's yeah. Put your wife front and center. Um, just that's really great advice, Ari. So before I let you go, you have to let me know what is your clever girl superpower? My clever girl superpower is organization. And I would say like, you know, just turning chaos to, uh, to order. So I like to, to, to get things straight. I can tell. <laughs> you are like, a planner at heart. Have you ever taken an Enneagram? I've taken a couple times. I don't remember what okay. my thing is. Yeah. So I took it recently. I took it again because I'm like, okay, I wonder if there's like this shift of since I've been in corporate, not entrepreneurship, but I am what they call a, the Enneagram three wing two. So this is hybrid of like, you know, like go-getter achiever but then the other side is uh like community i want to help others and all that so i was just curious uh what what yours was i should take it i'll tell you later okay <laughs> so you have this incredible business jim hookie and i'd love for you to share how people can find you what they can learn when they visit your website follow you on social media etc yeah so you can find me on LinkedIn for, for the professional connections. Um, and you can learn more, more about my in-depth background there. I did mention I was in the corporate world. You can also find me on the social medias, the intranets, um, mainly Instagram. So G-Y-M-H-O-O-K-Y is my handle. What you can expect. I like to bring fun, humor, and just knowledge when it comes to the fitness space. So you can expect quick workouts, quick and fun workouts that you can do. And I have like full workouts that you can do with me. You can feel inspired when you look at my post. Um, and then I am all about educating you in a way that's digestible. So definitely um, check me out on Instagram or even on Facebook, Jim Hookie as well. Yeah, I think we could all do with a good, fun workout. So um, definitely check out Ari's um, platform and we'll put all that information in the show notes um, so that you guys can find it easily. Thank you so much, Ari, for your time and for sharing your knowledge and your journey with us. I wish you a ton of success. Um, and I'm just happy that you were able to share with us. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for creating this space uh, to be able to drop, share some knowledge in my story. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.